Report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. Welcome to the Island Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. And we're joined as well today by our friend Austin from Far, Far Away Radio. Austin, it's been a while since we've had you on the show. Uh, welcome back. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're excited to have you back. Have you been? I think the last episode you were on was the uh, the final episode of uh, We Talk Clones, where we talked yeah. about the Yoda, uh, the Yoda arc. Yeah, it was. I'm doing pretty good. How are you guys doing? Pretty well, thanks. <clears throat> I'm just getting here. over uh, a cold, so I, my apologies if I sound a little off, but otherwise I'm doing well. Yeah, hopefully that doesn't last too long. Yeah. But anyway, this week <laughs> we'll be reviewing the 10th episode of Rebels titled Vision of Hope. Now, William, I believe we have got a quick Rebels-related announcement this week. We do, we do. Something to note. Freddie Prince Jr. uh, had tweeted something very interesting earlier this week. He said that he and the cast have recorded twice as many episodes for season two as uh, they did for season one. Um, So, you know, we still don't really know how many episodes we'll have in the first season of Rebels. But, uh, I mean, we've heard it's pretty short, like 14 or so episodes. Um. And we know we're going to get the first episode of Season 2 at Celebration Anaheim, um, which tells me they'll, they'll probably wrap up the show before then, uh, Season 1 at least. <laughs> um, usually a good sign. I, I would, I would hope that's sign. the case. Um, so I, I think that this is very interesting and actually really good news. You know, we, we know that they kind of started Rebels um, very quickly. They only had uh, a short timeline to start production and kind of get the ball rolling on the show. So I'm glad that they're going to have more episodes in season two. Um, I think that's 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 fantastic news. Mm-hmm. So um, while it's not official, uh, coming from Freddie Prince Jr., who of course plays uh, Kanan, um, I'd say we can. That's uh, probably pretty pretty reliable. Better than a rumor, but short of an announcement. Yeah, sort of an actual announcement. Well, hopefully, hopefully at Celebration we will get an actual announcement. We do know that it's been picked up for second season, but hopefully we'll get the maybe episode count by then. But again, it's only speculation. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, they, they won't even tell us how many episodes they have for season one. Um, so who knows if we'll get the episode count for season two. Yeah. But yeah, he did say nearly twice as many episodes, which tells me maybe that 14 rumor is, is pretty accurate since, um, you know, the average... Uh, animated series is about 22 episodes per season um and so you know uh 14 times two is you know nearly uh, (laughs) nearly twice as many you know 22 is nearly twice as many as uh uh as the season one so well if if they're looking at the if they're looking at the movie as being two episodes then yeah well, exactly. Oh, that's true. I didn't even it's, think about the movie. It's only speculation wasn't, at this time. I thought movie wasn't the movie like the first three episodes, or was it just two? Just two, I think. Okay, it's been a while since I've seen it, so. Yeah. Yep. So with that, Tom, uh, why don't you give us the rundown of what happened in this week's episode of Star Wars Rebels? Yep. Well, this week we're going to be reviewing Vision of Hope, which is season one, episode ten. This was written by Henry Gilroy and was directed by Stephen Lee. Synopsis for the episode is, The crew of the Ghost try to thwart an imperial plan to capture an exiled dignitary who wants to hold a secret rally on Lothal. Well, you know, I like the episode, uh, but there is a... Well, I'm not going to give it away, but there is a twist in this, but we'll get to that later. I don't but, know if I'd call it a twist. Well, yeah, I know. It, but no, it, I, so I'm not was... going to say... I'm not going to say it was telegraphed, but yeah, I wouldn't say it was a twist either. But go well, ahead, Steve. Yeah, I was going to say, this episode is kind of a culmination of a, a couple different pieces we've been talking about in Rebels for a while. Um, it's our first episode in a while, I feel, with uh, Callus, our mm-hmm. uh, Imperial commander. And uh, it 
introduces um, Gall Travis again, who we, who's been kind of in and out a bunch of times uh, throughout the last couple of episodes as kind of the voice of the rebellion, if you will. And this week we, uh, we got to meet him and uh, see what he's all about. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting episode because it also deals with, a lot of it deals with Ezra because at least with this one, you're trying to, it show it opens with Ezra doing lightsaber training outside of the ghost. Um, I wouldn't say it was really Ezra. It's kind of like Ezra and Travis focus on this episode. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the lightsaber training, at least they're, they're trying to get him to use a lightsaber other than deflecting the bolts. They wanted him to get to a point to where he was actually directing the bolts. I guess it was a stormtrooper helmet off to the side. And, you know, what is he supposed to do when he's got Sabine and Zeb shooting at him? And then he's got Kanan sitting here in his ear. It's like, you know, trying to get the kid to focus at least. Yeah, and it's it's kind of interesting that the last couple of episodes have all started with uh, Kanan and Ezra training. It yeah. seems to be kind of the Rebels formula, at least for this part of the season, is start with the episode, Ezra trying to learn to be a Jedi, not doing a great job, something happens, he falls off ship, he, you know, falls on the ground after having a vision, whatever. Uh, go on adventure, learn a life lesson, come home, go to bed. Well, it's kind of a formula. Yeah. To, yeah, to, I mean, to be it, fair, we did criticize them for not really showing much of Ezra's training oh, that, I, early I on. I actually didn't so. mean that as right. a criticism. Yeah. Um, it, it gives the show a nice feeling, and it, we actually get to see like Ezra training to be a Jedi, which mm-hmm. is really nice. Like It's something the show was definitely missing beforehand. It's better than him just kind of randomly showing up one day, like he kind of did in the beginning of the season, where he's just like, oh yeah, I can, I can lift objects now with the Force. Mm-hmm. Where we watched Luke try and do that for a while and failed utterly in episode five. Austin, I, I'm wondering, what did you think of uh, of Ezra's lightsaber? It's very unusual. We talked about this on uh, some of the past episodes, but I'm curious to get your thoughts. Yeah, it is really unusual, and I don't mind the the little upgrade he did where it can, you know, shoot the stun bolts or whatever. I think that's fine. The interesting thing to me was the sound. Yes, and yes. I, I caught it the last time that he ignited it on the last episode but in this one it seemed even clearer and the sound is really distinct it doesn't sound like any other you know they, they definitely didn't just reuse a lightsaber sound effect that they had from you know the movies or even the clone wars it's very unique yeah and, it's like they recorded it from scratch it's nothing like any lightsaber i've heard before. Right. I, oh. I actually missed this can you give See, me I'm... like the verbal version of it it's a little deeper and here, I've, got um, it, I've got it right here i can play really? it yeah yeah let's let's hear it huh it's like really I, deep it's very deep yeah. a little bit rumbly um yeah it's but i'll like, tell you mm, i'll like, tell you what mm, you know so what you're saying is that Ezra is all about that base? It's <laughs> it, it's like Ezra's oh. lightsaber has a cold, basically. Uh, I'll tell you guys what it reminds me of, though. It reminds me of uh, of that from the trailer for The Force Awakens. Yes. yes. I was going to say, because even... Oh, yeah. A little unstable. <laughs> both of them are like really deep and, and different. I don't know. It, it definitely made me think of that when I heard it. I wonder if because they're both, they both don't have really much experience with building lightsabers. I mean, right. that's that's the that's the theory at least with. It's with not. Kylo. It's not just following the classic, you know, blueprint for a lightsaber that all the Jedi did. Right. Yeah. They're kind of building it from scratch and kind of. And spare know, winging it. Or, yeah. Yeah. Which at this point would make sense because when Luke got his lightsaber, it was, quote unquote, an original lightsaber that he could base it on or ba- that anybody else following Luke could base it on. Whereas you've got Kanan and Ezra, th- they're basing it on just let's build a lightsaber and this is what it comes up with. You could also say the same thing for the, the Sith or the, the um, apprentice we see in the force awakens trailer. If he doesn't have any kind of background or knowledge to build a lightsaber, he's going to build a lightsaber the way he can to make it work. Yeah. And it will I mean, and to be fair, I mean, I'm sure Kanan could have offered Ezra advice on how to build a more, I guess, proper lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I don't really get that impression since um, he was surprised by a lot of the upgrades that Ezra has. So it almost seems like Ezra just kind of went off by himself and was like, nope, I don't want any help. I'm going to do this by myself. Mm-hmm. And uh, kind of came back with 
whatever he'd come up with. But I always I always thought the lightsaber was supposed to be personal to the actual. Oh sure, but I think user. there's still like a, a blueprint of sorts. That yeah. Usually follow. But uh, but anyway, yeah, I think it's 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 pretty cool. Um, Ezra continues his training, but he's a little bit distracted because uh, he's waiting for Senator Gall Travis's transmission to come. This this was a little interesting to me um, that Travis would transmit on a regular schedule. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, it didn't sound like it was that regular. Like, so Ezra was clearly like he'd mentioned that like you know, it wasn't every day, and it was he's you know he knew he was going to do it today. I got the feeling it wasn't like it was kind of regular, but not that regular. Really, because like Ezra runs in, he's like right on time, or as the as the transmission. Right, starts. but but so before when they're talking, when he's being distracted outside, he makes a comment about like he always knows when he's going to be on or something like along those lines. Like I got the sense it was. Like, you're right, like, he usually comes on at, like, 10 p.m., but it's not always, like, 10 p.m. every day. Maybe it's, like, 10 p.m. every Tuesday. Sure, sure, mm-hmm. sure. Still, it seems kind of, month. kind of risky. Uh, I don't know. Some of like it's a Travis, Travis didn't always seem like the best, uh, the best at hiding his communications, but uh, there might be a reason for that. Um, but, <laughs> well, but, would, but before we get that... into, the, into, his, into his message, mm-hmm. um, Ezra does all of a sudden have a vision while he's training. Uh, and he kind of has this vision of, of, of what's to come. And he, he finds out that, according to his vision, Travis knew his parents and uh, and all this kind of stuff. Um, and meanwhile, you know, while he's having this vision, apparently he's he deflects all the blaster bolts perfectly back at the Stormtrooper helmet. Um, so what do you guys think of this, this vision? I think this is the first one Ezra has had. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to. I actually have to say, I really liked the vision. Um, like, I feel like sometimes when we've seen visions in Star Wars, um, particularly in like the Clone Wars, it's almost too obvious sometimes what's what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, Ezra's was really fast. So there were a bunch of scenes where, I, like, I had no idea what the vision was supposed to be of. It was just these flashes of a, like mm-hmm. a single scene, and it was really cool to see those play out throughout the episode. Of like, oh, there's that you know one second shot we saw earlier. Mm-hmm. Oh, now there's context to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like Star Wars doesn't always do that. Sometimes they lay it out a little too uh, too clearly, I think. But I did not feel that was the case here. So I really liked it, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I thought it was well done. I, I don't want to get into the ending or anything yet, but I think they did a good job with the vision of choosing the moments where, you know, if you don't see the twist coming, then the vision doesn't give anything away. But then mm-hmm, later correct. I realized that all of those moments basically were pointing towards something completely different than what Ezra thought was going to happen. Yeah, and yeah. It, it works really well in terms of Kanan talking about how, you know, like Ezra, like don't, you know, visions are amazing things, but you don't always know what they are. Right. And this, this was like a perfect example of that. Like, yeah, Ezra, you just saw scenes from the entire episode for the next, you know, day of events but don't always assume you know the context of each of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, I thought it worked really well, as I already said. But, but it's, also, it's also funny where you have Zeb come back behind him and uh, behind Ezra and smack him to kind of hone his Jedi powers. You know? and, and then right after that, it's like Sabine does the exact same thing. So, you know, here, if, I don't know. I thought that was funny. I thought yeah, that was... They, they had a couple of scenes in this episode that I like. I actually laughed at, which I was kind of impressed by. Like that, well, I don't always find the humor in Rebels successful. I really thought a lot of the, these ones were. Like yeah, just well, some of those some... moments where I was just like... So Zeb's moment was just like, oh, okay, whatever. Don't find that that funny. But uh, Sabine following up and doing the same thing worked really well. Or like this, the scene later on in the episode where Sabine comments about how she... It, this sewer smells like Ezra, and his response is, "So you know what I smell like." Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, well, then there's one. There's one later like that than one. that. There's even one later than that when they were. <laughs> hello, um, <laughs> when they were splitting up inside the sewer, and I think Hera turned to Ezra and said something to the extent of, "You could say goodbye later" or something. I thought that was actually really funny. Oh, yeah. I missed that. Missed that moment somehow. Yeah. I think they've gotten uh, really good at, at that um, dynamic of Sabine and Ezra's relationship of Ezra being so, you know, head over heels about her that, I mean, we saw it a lot in the last episode too with, with Lando and, you know, he's very jealous. And I, 
I think the way they've been doing that, like humor has actually been pretty good and they did it again in this episode. And it's not thrown at you. It's, it's kind of subtle how they do it. Right. So that's what I like. I agree. So, okay. So we get to a point to where, you know, after, after the little thing about honing the Jedi powers, Hera calls the crew into the ghost because I guess at that point, Travis is broadcasting his message and, you know, she was able to play it back the whole thing. And it's fascinating that they're kind of pulling in the real world thing. Like in world war two, you would have like radio free Europe or something trying to tell the French resistance that encoded messages, this is going to happen on this date. And the same thing was pulled in this one as well with, uh, Gall Travis giving these clues about where he wants to meet on Lothal. Um, especially when there's like the clue inside the message where, you know, he's talking about the old Republic and new freedom and it's things towards like, Ezra's like, yeah, only somebody on the planet would know something like that going, you know, the old Republic and new freedom, uh, new freedom. It's like, it translates into it. I guess the old Senate Republic building that had a mural, the new freedom mural. And Hey, that's where we're going to go meet. It, it seemed a little obvious again, kind of leading back to the, maybe Travis is, is not quite as subtle as he should be. Um, with I think Kanan even brought that and, up <clears throat> and saying, "Oh yeah, you know, whenever I mention a planet, that's where I'm going to be." Seems like the Emperor would Empire would be able to um, to kind of decode that pretty yeah, I easily. Think that I mean, they claim that you know it's it's stuff that only locals would know, um, but given the massive, massive Imperial presence on Lothal. Um, probably not too hard for them to figure out. But you would also think that they would have hit that planet a lot sooner than now with all the activity, even this little rebel group had that maybe this would have been something that it would have focused on first instead of hitting these other planets. But yeah. this is, this is where it is right now in the story. Yep. So of course, you know, they, they decide to, uh, to, to briefly meet up with uh, with Zara Leonis, who you might remember from um, Breaking Ranks earlier this season. <clears throat> um, uh, where... So, actually, Tom, you read the book with Zara in it, right? Yes, I did. Does this so? Does the book with Zara does that take place in between his previous appearance and this appearance? Does it, <sighs> or do we know? I don't think we know. I I. In the book, it never brings up Ezra's character at all. It deals with some kind of sporting event and the team that Zara Leonis is playing on, and he's got um, a female, we'll say co-star. Uh, right now, it's been a while since I've read the book, and I've got it somewhere tucked away in the room. Yeah, uh, yeah <laughs> it's it, it. The placement of this, you only know that he's new to the academy. His parents came to the planet. And his sister went off to the other Imperial Academy. And I think at the end of the book is where she ends up missing. Like yeah. I said, it's been a while. I'm okay. pretty sure it comes before any of his appearances on the actual TV show. Yeah, I think okay. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, I know there's another book coming out. That there's supposed to be a second book that should be out probably next month or the month after. Where that's placed, I'm not sure. Uh, I'll probably end up reading that one as well, but yeah, I thought it was. I really liked seeing him kind of show up again because we. I mean, we've talked in the past about how, in order to make Lethal feel like a smaller planet, you know, not super busy, they reuse a lot of characters. Mm -hmm. um, we see Callus in this episode, of course. We see the uh, gov, not the governor, the assistant governor. What's her name? Um, um, is that are you Minister talking about Cal? Minister Tua? Tua? Yes. There you go. Yeah. Like we, so they reuse these characters to make it feel like this is an actual, you know, rebel planet. Like, and there's, you know, a set group of Imperials they're fighting against, and I like including Zare makes makes that work even better. You kind of yeah. see the contacts that uh, the uh, crew of the Ghost are um, bringing together in order to succeed, and it, I just I thought it was a really nice touch, even though he doesn't stay in the episode for a very long time. Right, it, it was just cool to see that you know, you know, they're they're going back to Zara and kind of using him for information. He's been promoted, so he has even greater access to information that Ezra can use, even though he's going to be off-planet now, which mm -hmm. is curious to me if he's moving off-planet, um, 
how are they going to continue using him? Going yeah, I was thinking forward? the same thing. Will like the focus of the show expand to be more than just Lothal, or will he still come back to Lothal every once in a while? Who knows? Well, as we have talked about in the past, if you're going to draw attention to something, yep. you better use it. So the fact that they bring it up means that I think we're going to be seeing even more of Zara in the future. Right. It wasn't just, oh, by the way, I was transferred a while back. It's, oh, I'm going to be. Yeah. yeah. They're setting up something, I think. Yeah, and it's the same thing with the with him being promoted and his access. You know, there's one there's one thing Ezra has just got to get through his head. Try not to tell somebody that you know your real name because he's just about ready to say that, and then stormtroopers arrive. It's like you know, Ezra. There's some things you just don't say. That's one you just don't say. Let him think your name is Dev. That way, there is a break to where if you were to get caught or something, or you get caught or whatever. Never use your real name again, you know, yeah, even though you think you trust the kid. There's a reason that Kanan uses Spectre 1, 2, 3, and so on. Yep. yep. And it's not because Kanan really likes pretending he's a spy. Yeah. Well. Yeah, and this is kind of the first part of the vision that Ezra had, where he has to run away from the stormtroopers. Um and it was one of those moments, like, I almost missed the fact that it was part of his vision, and I probably would have if Ezra hadn't uh-huh. actually exclaimed, like, hey, this is my vision. It was a little yeah. heavy-handed, but I kind of needed it, because yeah. I, I did miss it. Yeah, like, the awesome him party. saying it was a little heavy-handed. But on the other hand, because of how they did the vision where it was all so fast, I wouldn't, I'm not sure I would have noticed in the first place. Right. Austin, I think you had some start to say something? No, I was just agreeing. I, I would have caught it either without them, you know, hitting us over the head with it. Yeah, normally I'd say, oh, we we got this. Don't, you know, don't, as you said, hit us over the head. But in this case, I actually appreciated it. I yeah. think what helped, what helped for me before he said it is they actually had the down shot that you saw in the vision. They reused that. So, and then, because in the vision, they had it to where the sides were kind of cloudy. In this case, they used the exact same down shot without it. So... I, I was actually able to pick yeah. that up without him hitting me over the head. So Ezra runs away and kind of knocks over Zare, and Zare's able to kind of lie and, to the stormtroopers and say, oh, you know, he, he caught the Lothrat selling black market stuff uh, and kind of escape in many ways. Um, but uh, but it's kind of the beginning of, of Ezra's vision, as we said. I really like the next scene where uh, Agent Callus and Minister Tua are talking. Mm-hmm. Um, this one was kind of cool because um, Callus is talking about how he thinks the Inquisitor puts too much emphasis on catching the Jedi and not enough on catching the Rebels. And he makes the argument that if you focus on catching the Rebels as a group, uh, you'll catch the, re- the, the the Jedi as well. And uh, I think it's an interesting dynamic here. You know, the, the Inquisitor really only cares about the Jedi. That's what he's been, ta- he's been tasked with. While the uh, well, Callus. And the ISB is probably more concerned with the rebels in general. And mm-hmm. to be honest, the Jedi are like, if you catch the Jedi, great, but it's not a, a huge, a yeah, huge I'm, deal. So it's kind of interesting how they each have their own area of focus. I thought it was a little short-sighted of them. Like, they're clearly operating as a single group. You have the same goals. This might work way better if you actually tried working together. Yeah, and I think that's what they're going to need to do is kind of combine their their interest because I mean something that I could see working is you set some kind of trap similar to what uh, Vader did for Luke you know and, and so let let Callus go off and try to capture the rebels without Ezra and Kanan and then Ezra and Kanan will come to rescue them and that's mm-hmm. where the Inquisitor can be happy because then he's got them walking right into his hands so I think they need to combine their vision and their goals and and work together more than they have well, maybe that's going to happen in second season, but yeah. Or yeah. hey, you never know. We've got some time left in this season. Well, too. no, that's a, that's true. You that's never true. know. We'll have to see. But yeah, it was, so Ezra, you know, they make the Ezra makes his escape and arrives back at his parents' house, and of course, in a wonderful example of movie timing, the rest of the crew of the Ghost is in the middle of talking about Ezra's parents, and why, you know, why did they do what they did? You know, why were they? Uh, talking, why they, you know, risk the Empire's wrath. And in my probably one pet peeve for this episode, Harris starts talking about how, oh no, they had hope. Mm -hmm. And she mentions that, or Ezra mentions it so many other times throughout this episode, that the reason people do things is because they have hope. Hence the name of the episode. And hope is a wonderful thing, but we don't need to, like, 
spell it out. Over the head with it. Yep. It what it actually reminded me of is uh, for anyone who's watched Avatar: The Last Airbender. Yes, I was just thinking. There's (laughs) at the uh, towards the end of the show, they have a I want to call it a parody episode almost, and as a joke, they talk about how one of the characters is just always talking about hope, which was kind of true in the beginning of the show. It's like, oh, I have so much hope. I'm hope-bending and things like that. It was yeah. really funny, and it reminded me of this. Like, we get it. You have hope. We're doing things for hope. There's a new hope coming. There's a vision of hope. <laughs> Can we please be done with hope now? <laughs> I hope this is the end. <laughs> um, but So uh, at this point, you know, the, uh, the group um, starts scoping out the area and realize that it's you know it's it's a trap, right? The the Imperials haven't moved in yet because they want to capture the rebels and Travis, but um, you know they know that they're surrounding the old Republic building. Mm-hmm. Zeb argues to not go in because uh, they, they don't even know that Travis is there, uh, but Ezra you know insisting that he saw it in his vision decides that you know we need to 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 get in it or anyway, so they decide to take, go in through the sewers. Yeah, and we we got some good scenes with Chopper here. I felt where uh, Chopper is trying to uh, get the sewer open, and um, it almost dark sort of scene where he pulls a three hundred and knocks another uh, droid unit into the sewer. I actually thought that was a very fun. Uh, that was very Chopperish. Have to say it. Yeah. Oh, it was, was but oh, yeah. like that was like that was almost like a serial killer. I feel. Yeah. Like, um, oh. I think Chopper is a serial killer. <laughs> like, hey, think about it. He's 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 a little weird, a little off, a little mean. I wouldn't wouldn't put it past him. Tortures other things that he should have some sort of, uh, you know, akin. Uh, what's the word? Akinness to. Kinship. Yeah, I mean, Kinship, he stunned it. You. He stunned it. He could have just left it alone at that point, but he had to go yeah. all the way and and push it down and. I mean, I'm sure it broke to a million pieces, so... Blast into oblivion. Well, and then on top of that, he has to sit there and raise his little mechanical arms like, look at me, look at what yeah. I did. Was yeah. He celebrates it. That's, I think, the real giveaway there. Gotta watch out for Chopper. You know, that's the other thing. Now, I want an episode that explores why Chopper is the way he is. Who is the owner before this? If he is that cruel, what did he go through to get to this point? Chopper's Chopper and Hera, I both... I feel are both due for a big uh, episode at some point. Yeah, we, we talked about this. Uh, yeah, we've talked about Hera, but we haven't really talked about Chopper needing it. Mm-hmm. He's just a droid with a horrible villainous streak. I don't know. He maybe was, he'd be perfect going up against our uh, Womp Rat. What would? Yeah, Chopper... no. Maybe maybe Chopper is in fact the Inquisitor's droid. Maybe this is all plot one twist. big setup. Gasp! That yes. would be a heck of a plot twist. You heard it here first. We're only speculating, please, please. Um, But so they make their ways through the sewer into the Imperial Senate building. And uh, it goes pretty much how we expected. They walk up. uh, Travis starts talking about, oh, Rebels, it's so good to see you. And uh, immediately, Stormtroopers shoot down his guards. And oh, by the way, it's a trap. Yeah, and by the way, I have to say this. Who bought his act? I mean, he... (sighs) Yeah, I'm not. Go ahead. I think the younger audience might have been fooled, you know, and and it might have been a surprise for them. But I don't think anybody um, older had any uh, belief that he was actually on the good side. Mm -hmm. You know, I was actually thinking about that when I was watching the episode last night. Rebels as a whole actually reminds me a lot, um, a lot of season one of Clone Wars, and it was. Season one of Clone Wars was long enough ago and had a little more variability, but like we've kind of forgotten just how much of a kid show it was at the start. Right. You know, the same sort of uh, not just the childish humor, like the battle droid humor, but also just in the way they did the way the entire show worked. Mm-hmm. Um, really obvious plot points, not a lot of surprises, things like that. And and Rebels is the same way here. Like I think you're right, Austin. That this is probably something that was meant to be a surprise for a younger audience. And certainly not for anyone who is capable of, you know, reading between the lines. Yeah. But well, I, I, sorry, I, I, no, yeah, I, I think when it comes to 
like I said with the with Clone Wars, I think this is going to end up growing with its audience. And yes, it's true. Clone Wars started out the way it did. This is starting out the same way. But I wouldn't be surprised if as the series goes on, it will get a little bit more mature because at the same time you're watching Ezra mature as a Jedi, depending on how he goes. So hopefully that will get well, I hope he matures. Well, yeah, because there, there's things that Ezra does. I'm not going to get into one that is a pet peeve with me, but there is things that Ezra does that really bothers me. But with kids that age, that's how they act right now. Yeah. And then you would really hope that going forward, that kind of gets minimized. If it continues, I will, I will spell it out. But I hope that going forward, it gets minimized. And, well, there's things that he does that remind me of Ahsoka from the beginning of the Clone Wars, and we saw mm-hmm. what happened to her, and I'm sure that's the same. I mean, it's the same creative people behind it. They know what they're Correct. doing. Don't, I, I'm sure they know you can't keep Ezra, you can't keep him immature and doing the annoying parts. He's not a completely annoying character, but he does no. have some things that you're like, oh, well, that was kind of rude or you know, childish, but they yep. know that they have to start him that way in order to let him grow, just like they did with Ahsoka. Mm. Yeah. No, agreed. But I was really glad we got to see... Callus has been gone for a while. We got, I guess we got the Inquisitor, but mm-hmm. uh, I was really happy to see Callus again confronting the rebels and uh, accusing them of their dastardly deeds. It was, it was, a, really, it was a good scene. Um, yeah, sorry, guys. I, it was a good scene, but I would have liked to have seen Zeb and Callus go at it again with their, with their weapons and actually get into hand-to-hand instead of actually using them. Now... I like Zeb. He did, with that weapon that he has. He goes and he stuns the stormtroopers. But to go hand to hand with Callus, I really am looking forward to see that again. Yeah, it, the uh, the actual fight of the scene didn't super impress me. Like they dropped the smoke bombs. Well, yeah, it, I think, it's not I think that, that big was of intentional, a... right? Just just to get them get them out of there quickly. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, because they had to, they had to at that point get Travis out of there because they are trying to quote unquote rescue him at this point. Yeah. I, I did find it interesting that, that Travis was just kind of chilling in the main hall. He's like, no, no, I'm fine. There's no way I'm in danger. No problem at all. Uh, I, yeah, like, yeah, but- hey, I'm going to land my ship, <clears throat> which is like in Republic colors. Like it's not even a, like a disguised ship. Um, on top of that, I'm going to uh, land in the open mm-hmm. on a building that no one uses anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. After specifically mentioning uh, sp- this planet in my last broadcast. I mean, I, I know he's a senator, but like diplomatic community doesn't really extend to senators backing up the rebel alliance. Treachery. If like, well, you know, if it's pretty obvious, the emperor's just going to kill him. Well, no, you know? not that obvious because Bail Organa was pretty obvious. Like, yes and no, point... no. I mean, I feel like, you know, Leia was doing it behind- secretly, but she was always, you know... Um, kind of disguising her actions mm-hmm. as much as possible. Same thing with Bale, right? He would try to help him when possible, but it was always under the guise of, you know, a, just a diplomatic mission or something right. like that. Not, you know, hey, you rebels, go keep doing what you're doing on public broadcasts and then landing right. and talking with them. And I also think Bale would not be standing in an empty room at a podium. Right. Like he's getting ready to lecture people. Bale wouldn't do that. No. That's true. Yeah. I actually, I thought it was kind of weird. There's, speaking of the podium, so they walk into the room, uh-huh. and uh, he's standing behind the podium with his two droids. They get attacked, and then the next shot is of them cut all, like, he's suddenly in the middle of the room while they're, like, being covered by Kane and Ezra and uh, Hera. Right. It, like, he moved positions really quickly. Like, they... There was not time for him to walk. It was kind of an animation thing mm. that I thought they missed a little bit. It, it was a camera cut that they just went, okay, let's just do it. Yeah. Like, yeah. we need we need him over in this new position. Like, let's just, just put him there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is also the first time that Callus has met Hera as well. That was cool, actually. Yeah, I'm, cool I really did. liked how, they, how that worked. Um, mm-hmm. I especially like the fact that, you know, again, showing that Callus isn't an idiot. He's like, ah... So, I haven't met you before. Let's see. By your garb, ah, you must be the talented pilot. You know, yep. he's he's done his research, which I, w- I thought was a really nice touch. 
So the rebels escape the former Senate building and um, they rush outside to, to discover that their shuttle's gone. That's when Imperial Lambda class shuttle rises and then starts to attack them. Which was them. really cool. I'm yep. always happy to see the shuttle. Also, I'm not sure if it was a Lambda class or if it was a Sentinel class. It was hard to tell from the angle. Okay, that's true. To be honest, <laughs> I I thought they were all just Lambda class. I didn't even it know was an Imperial that. shuttle that attacked them when they were outside. Yeah, yeah they're, but they're different. <laughs> so the Lambda class is the like an actual shuttle. Its purpose is... Don't laugh at me. <laughs> I'm not laughing. The, the purpose of the Lambda right. class is to like transport people, um, like individuals. Uh-huh. It's a personnel shuttle, more of, and the Sentinel class is meant for dropping off walkers and things like that. I'm gonna guess it's a Lambda class. Probably. It's hard to tell, but the Sentinel class is a little bit longer in its body, and that's how you can tell. But yeah, it was cool. The more to you know. A shuttle. <laughs> how do I what? What did you say, William? I said, the more you know. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> hey, someday the difference between a Lambda shuttle and a Sentinel shuttle could save your life. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. That's it, what I keep yeah, telling it myself. Might, it might. <laughs> um, so, you know, the, the crew uh, escapes the insert model name here shuttle and uh heads into the uh into the sewers in an escape attempt uh once again the sewers mm-hmm. always the sewers this is where things kind of get interesting because travis is having trouble keeping up um he I... makes the interesting comment that he's never been this close to capture before again for someone who's like you know chilling in a main hall behind a podium uh and always letting everybody know what planet he's on and you know uh very publicly supporting uh rebellion um Definitely odd that the Empire has never gotten this close to capturing him. Uh, I I actually really liked that scene, though, especially the scene where he stops and is panting, because you could totally imagine that a political senator, even though he's you know a rebel, mm-hmm. I, I can totally picture him not being ready for like a chase like this. Mm-hmm. And so I like, and so him stopping is totally logical, but it also works really well in serving you know what we later find out is his real purpose. Yep, yep, and uh, and so you know the group decides to split up, with um, Kanan leading the group. That's kind of kind of distract the uh, the Empire while uh, Hera and Travis and Ezra try to make a run for it. And uh, you know uh, we see a, a quick scene where the some stormtroopers come and seal the hatch shut uh, at the other end of the sewer. So it's, it's, it's kind of nice to know that yes, the empire is thinking strategically and mm-hmm. they know that they're in the sewer. So let's seal up every, every uh, exit uh, on them. Unfortunately, they assume that chopper is on their side and yeah. let him <laughs> hang out there. I like how chopper <sighs> started, you know, taking that apart. Like seconds. After seconds. Exactly. Yeah. They turn the corner. And he's like, okay, time to cut a hole in this. It basically undo, uh, undoes all their work. Um, yeah. Uh, but this is where, again, things get really interesting, right? Because Travis starts questioning them about their 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 support system, their allies, their network, their funding, uh, trying to kind of get more details about who these rebels are and, and how they operate. And he's very surprised when Ezra says, you know, nope, you know, th- this is all there is, is just the, you know, handful of us well uh, and except for fulcrum now that, that was brought true. up that's right fulcrum i was, was brought up. i was wondering if ezra was gonna uh reveal the existence of fulcrum to the senator but he didn't not. do that did he i know it was brought up but i don't think it was done in front of him was it do you no, think that was intentional or no i i would love to think so but i think ezra was at this point especially way too blind in how he believed in uh yeah. Travis. No, but I mean, do you, do you think he didn't bring up Fulcrum because he didn't want to talk about this this mysterious person, or or was he just he just does not think of Fulcrum because he's never met Fulcrum? He I, think I, he I would guess it was the latter. Yeah. Yeah. Like I picture Ezra, like if he had thought to say it, like, oh yeah, we've got oh, but there's Fulcrum who gives us you know money and supplies and missions or you know things like that. I could have totally seen that. But yeah. but it is interesting that you know that. Travis is surprised that there's no support system. Um, I don't know if he's more shocked that there's just not many of them and they're doing such a great job standing up against the Empire 
or if you know he was expecting something bigger, mm-hmm. or maybe I don't know because he you know he's going around the galaxy. Does uh, has he encountered other bigger rebellions? Is it possible, at least on Lothal, because of the amount of havoc this little group was having, that he thought that maybe this group on Lothal had a bigger support system, and that's why it surprised him? Yeah, that was how I took it. Is he expected yeah. there to be more? Because he, you know, he's probably talked to Callus. I'm guessing. Um, although it's possibly this is all something set up by the Inquisitor or you know someone else entirely, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Like it was interesting. Mm-hmm. Like I'm I'm not really sure how to interpret it. Well, it was a big letdown for Travis because it did seem like Travis was hoping for a a bigger net filled with more rebels than what he actually got yeah but it still didn't stop him from betraying them uh hera gives travis her blaster so he can watch their back and uh immediately as soon as he has a blaster in his hands uh he points it at uh, you know as soon as hera turns her back he points it at at hera and reveals that he's not who he appears to be austin why do you think Travis is doing this. I mean, he, he kind of revealed some of his motivations, but why do you think he waited until this point to reveal himself? And were you surprised? Uh, no, I wasn't surprised. Um, I, I, I think the primary reason that he waited so long is he was apparently unarmed, which is kind of dumb. I don't know why he wouldn't have his own weapon. Um, but so that was just his opportune moment. He had half of the group away from him and he was armed and they weren't anymore. So he took advantage of that. But can, can, sorry, sorry, go ahead. No. I was gonna say, can I bring up a parallel to this? Yeah. This scene reminded me of Die Hard, <laughs> where John McClane gave Clay, which ended up being the bad guy, his gun, and said, "Hey, you know, watch my back. Have you ever shot one of these before?" And then the then you know Hans Gruber says, "No, only a paintball gun." It's like, well, no, this is a real thing. But at that point, John McClane knew it. He took the clip out, no bullets. It's exactly right out of Die Hard, this whole scene, where it's just like Hera knew I was being schnookered and read through him at that point that this guy was a phony. I have one problem with this scene, though, and that's Ezra still had his lightsaber. And Travis knows Ezra has a lightsaber because he saw him use it earlier. Like, what was you? Did you really think you could shoot Ezra before he could get the lightsaber out? Was that the plan, or...? Well, it's what happened. Yeah. For some reason, Ezra just willingly puts it down instead of trying to ignite it and fight him. But also realize that shows his his immaturity as a Jedi. Instead of pulling out the lightsaber and trusting himself that he could deflect the bolts back or right. you know be able to um, protect Hera. That shows his immaturity at this point. Right. Yeah, so the rest of the crew kind of shows up. Um, we get a wonderful sucker punch to uh, Travis. Oh, no, sorry. Wait, I'm forgetting the important part. Travis delivers his monologue. Oh, yeah, the monologuing the, part. The oh, very God, important hurt. monologue of, ha, ah, ha, ha, I am evil, and now you know. And, uh, oh, by the way, I knew your parents, and they're terrible people, and they're gone. Maybe not dead, but definitely gone. That was interesting uh, to me. I, w- I wonder if, I mean, I I don't know. I know they've they've obviously done violent things and said violent things on the show already. But the way that Ezra reacted to the word "gone" was, you felt like he had just said "dead." But I mean, all he said was "gone." So I wonder if it was some kind of choice. I I, I just wonder why they used the word "gone" and and that got such a heavy reaction from Ezra. I mean, he already knew yeah. they were gone. He doesn't know where they are. I remember that from earlier when the last time we talked about his parents, too. Like, they keep using the word gone. They refuse to use the word dead, right. but they also treat it like it's dead anyway. So it makes okay. me think they're they're intentionally being really careful so we can introduce Ezra's parents later. I think they are because Hera knows, and I'm surprised nothing was said, but supposedly Hera knows the truth about Ezra's parents. Because remember, in the episode a couple, a couple episodes back, where you had the one guy and Please forgive me for forgetting, uh, not remembering this, but they got the one guy off who had the imperial stuff in his head that yes. they took the fulcrum. 
And he supposedly told Hera the truth about Ezra's parents. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And she didn't say anything in this episode. She didn't. Uh, she didn't say anything to the extent of you know that they're dead, right? But she so, didn't back up that they're gone, or right? Whatever, so, uh, whatever. So even if even if they're not dead, and Travis had said they were dead right there and was lying to Ezra, if Hera knows the truth and they're not dead, then obviously she could just you know say no, he's lying. Don't worry about that. The I guess the only problem I had was just the reaction to it that he had such a heavy reaction as if he had just been told that they were actually dead like the first time he'd been told yeah Yeah, and how many times has he heard that so far i mean you would think at this point he's either kind of over it or you know he i don't know in my opinion if he's heard it so many times he'd probably be over to the point where it's like you know what stop saying that instead of having that kind of reaction yeah Yeah. i know i know they're gone right i know it I feel like they're building up to something with Ezra's parents, and they're, I'm not sure, until we see what it is, I'm not sure if they're doing it well or not. It's hard, it's hard to tell. But, so the rest of the team shows up, we find, they knock out uh, Travis, or I guess uh, Hare knocked him out. Someone punched him, if I recall. Hare did. It was Hare, Okay. And they make their escape through the uh, giant spinning fan blades, which are, of course, a part of any important sewer technique, <laughs> sewer system. That's, I feel like that's kind of the end of the episode. Like, a couple more monologues about how, no, we still have hope. Hope is all we have. Don't lose your hope, Ezra. And, yeah. Do you guys have anything else to add that I'm glossing over horribly or forgetting? I I think that's that's most of them. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, there's there's a brief conversation at the end uh, where Ezra asks Kanan, you know, whether he's had other visions in the past, what his last vision was, and Kanan uh, jokes true. was about this, you know, bratty kid that causes him trouble, and, yeah, and that sort of thing. Um, and you know, Hera brings up hope again, but hope yeah, for, for the most part, have. for the most part, uh, I think that's, that's pretty much it. I thought it was an interesting twist for sure. What, what did you guys think of the, the episode overall? I mean, before we get into our, our, our final ratings, um, what were your thoughts on this and, and the timing and like the usage of Gal Travis? Do you think, um, it was a big enough event for Gal Travis to kind of reveal himself and, and try to capture the rebels or, I mean, I would... cause, cause he says that he says that his job are to identify and watch rebels. And then for the real troublesome ones cause an accident of some sort. Mm-hmm. I, what was you know his what? goal I, with these rebels? I think he was, I think he was there basically to capture them, but I think, Maybe what would have been better for this episode was almost like a mid-season or like a cliffhanger at the end and maybe not have them, quote-unquote, escape, but kind of drag it out a little bit further Mm -hmm. instead of having it end the way it did to where they did get away and they revealed it too – they could have just revealed, in my opinion, too soon that he technically was a traitor to the rebellion and he actually was working for the the Imperials. If they could have dragged this on a little bit further – I don't know. Maybe it could have had a bigger impact. Yeah, I mean, what do you think his his goal was, though? Right? Because he he clearly says that he he's either going to identify and watch rebels, or you know, eliminate the extremely troublesome ones. But he seemed to be more interested in capturing them than killing them. In this episode, right? There were I thought yeah, there were many things where they could have. If we assume them. that he was working. Sorry, Austin. Yeah, go ahead, Austin. Yeah. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, if we assume that he was working with Callus, and I, I think their goal is to capture them, and, and so because when Hera starts to walk towards him when he has a blaster, he does kind of hesitate. You know, he doesn't just shoot her right away. He eventually decides she's close enough that he has to. I guess he feels extremely threatened at that point. 
but I feel like his his goal right then was he was going to hold them, let the backup come, you know, and then they'd capture them and take them away. And he was also interested in getting information, which is why he was trying to kind of probe around and get Ezra to talk and tell him about, you know, who else is out there. But I don't think his goal was to to kill them until he felt like he didn't have a choice. Right. I agree. Well, and he makes the comment during there that his the normal plan is that he comes in, he finds out the information, and then leaves, and then you that information is used by the Empire to take them down. So I kind of wonder if maybe this like maybe he wasn't working with Callus. Maybe Callus is screwing up his plan because mm. by forcing them on the run, you know he has to you know escape successfully and things like that. But if like imagine if Callus had never done that, would a plan have been to? Like get the information and then just leave. Like, oh yes, yeah. I'll be I'll be back in touch with. Yeah, Tra- Travis's, you know, m- uh, method of operating is much more like a spy than yeah, I... uh, than like a police officer type of thing. You know, where he he wants to kind of keep them around and get information and and that sort of thing. And only if they're really troublesome do you eliminate them. Right. Um, and so it's definitely interesting that he would choose this moment. To finally reach out to them and uh, and and try to make that connection or capture them or something. So I, I think it is interesting that maybe they're not working together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it makes me wonder, but I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> fascinating stuff though. So with that, I guess we can get into our uh, our final ratings for the episode. Yes, yes, indeed. Did you want to go first, William? I guess I can. Yeah, go ahead. Um, let's see. So this was a it, it was a fun episode. I, I liked the the twist uh, at the end with with Gall Travis. Um, to be honest, I didn't really suspect him, and uh, until you know a couple of events in this episode started seeming weird but at least in previous episodes i didn't suspect that gall travis might be a uh might be working for the empire um i i do think the timing as i was kind of alluding to just a minute ago of this episode is a little interesting not necessarily bad but what made travis decide to come out and make contact with these rebels finally and then um is it only because uh, Callus was after them that he he turned and revealed himself and you know he's he's out of the picture now um he you know he, he was able to escape but um what's what what's going on here you know now that his um now that his cover is basically blown will will is he worried about you know will, will the rebels tell other people uh, is is he going to have to change how he operates? I don't know. There's a lot of questions uh, out there. Uh, but overall, I think I, I enjoyed the episode. Uh, it was kind of nice to see more of Ezra's training. It was cool to see this whole um, rescue attempt. Uh, and my biggest issues with the the episode can really be explained away by um, the fact that Travis wasn't actually you know on the Rebels' side. Uh, and so things like standing out in the open or whatnot um, make a whole lot more sense when you realize he's actually working for the Empire. Um, so... I think overall, this was a fun episode, um, and I will give it, uh, oh, I, don't, I don't know, I guess eight Womp Rats um, out of ten. Uh, again, you know, not perfect, but a lot of a lot of fun. And uh, let's see, my Womp Rats, um, I'm just gonna, gonna throw my Womp Rats uh, into the sewer. Because I, I have to imagine Womp Rats love living in the sewer. It's true. It's their home, maybe. I have no idea. <laughs> All right, I guess I'll go next, if that's okay. Is there any reason? I guess so. Okay. Uh, So I kind of agree with you. When I first watched the episode, there were a couple of things that I felt like bothered me, but the more I think about them, the more it's just... They were trying to tell the story of Travis's betrayal, and the fact that they were too obvious, I'm not sure is, like... It's annoying, but it's not not as big of a deal-breaker for me as it was when I was first watching the episode. Um, It just makes it a little more... A uh, little less subtle of an episode. Um, I thought it worked really well. I wish they had been building up towards Travis for a while. I wish it had been something a little bit bigger. Um, I almost would have liked him to be a rebel so we can actually get uh, something a little more impactful or maybe just a better trap in general. 
Um, but overall, I thought it was a decent episode. Um, not like it didn't blow my mind, but I, it, it worked. I feel like I, I didn't walk away from it like regret, almost regretting that I'd watched it. So I think I'm gonna have to give this a seven out of ten Womp Rats. And that, oh, uh, I'm trying to think of what I can do to my Womp Rats. I don't, I don't know. Well, I guess uh, there were seven Womp Rats piloting the Sentinel shuttle. <laughs> uh, that was chasing down the heroes at the very end. Sure it wasn't a Lambda class? No, I'm pretty sure it was a Sentinel. That's what I'm going with. And hey, I mean, I've got, I've got the 7 out of 10 Womp Rats that know what type of shell it was, so how could I be wrong? They were there. Right? Okay, that's my story. Anyway. And Austin, did you want to go next, Austin? Uh, yeah, I can go. Um, I thought it was actually a really good episode. Um, there's really not much I could say negative about it. I, I think the only thing is if we look at it kind of by itself, maybe it doesn't feel like it was important enough or there was enough that really happened or maybe it happened too soon. But I, I feel like in the long run, it's going to feel like it was perfectly placed. Um, with, with Travis, I feel like we thought maybe he should be a bigger part, but then you know, it's a season down the road, we realized he really wasn't that big of a deal. It was just kind of a small plot point. And I think they need to build these things up. I think bigger plot points that came out of this were, who said it? It might've been Ezra. Somebody said, you know, is anybody on our side after Travis revealed himself? Yeah. I think that's a bigger plot point that will kind of play into the rest of the series that they're really pretty alone. And then when the point comes that there is somebody who's really on their side, maybe Fulcrum, maybe Lando again or whatever, it's it's a bigger deal. And it also sets up uh, trust issues between them and anybody else that they that they talk to. Um, I, I think I'll give it a 8.5. I, I don't know. I, I kind of want to give it a 9 because I really enjoyed the episode. I thought mm. the pacing was good. The story was good. Um, the animation was really, really nice. I don't know if it's improving or not, but I feel like Especially the scene where they're they're sitting there and they're um, kind of scouting out Travis's ship and everything, and you can see the wind blowing all their hair, even yes, his hair, yeah. and Zeb's yeah, nice. his beard and his sideburns and stuff are even waving in the wind. All of that looked great. Um, I, I guess I'll actually give it a nine, and just I, I feel like in the long run this episode's going to work very well. Um, and, and we're going to realize that Travis really wasn't that big of a deal, but there were bigger things set up in this episode for the future. And what will I do with my Womp Rats? I think I'll let Chopper take care of them. Oh, you! Oh, that's, that's cruel. Nine. Oh, <laughs> oh awful. Nine oh. innocent Womp Rats. Tom, I'm sure. I mean, if Chopper is a serial killer, he can do it to yours, too. It doesn't just have to be fine. <laughs> well, now, well, I've actually got a better one now. <laughs> I've got a better well, then, one now, which will be very. Why cool. are you complaining? I know, but I wanted to use the chopper one where he's going to push him off into the sewers. Well, you I can got do some... that. Okay, so anyway, I'm going to chopper get will it. keep ha- keep Austin's nine and torture them and push yeah. your nine off or whatever hover number off you have and into the sewer, okay. and they can join mine that are in the sewer, chilling. Uh, I've got another idea for them that's still involved. And Steven Seven can then attack Chopper. That's true. That's true. The seven can attack Chopper to hopefully uh, protect the ones that are. This being... is actually one big, complex, um, interrelated uh, rate review system. Interesting. That might work. Oh, well, I guess I'm going to get on with my rating now, and then and I'm going to keep mine short. I said this many times, but I'm going to keep it short. I think a lot has been said about this episode to where I'm not going to kind of. Um, kind of build on what's been said i did enjoy the episode there are some things about ezra that i'm hoping going toward the future and i if it happens to be addressed i'll address it later but um i wish with ezra he would grow up just a little bit more for my taste but it's still early um and stuff gets stuff gets corrected i can i can overlook it um i'm gonna give this episode uh i'm gonna give it a seven five I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say it's a nine. I can't really say it's an eight. And I know it's not a seven, so I got to give it a seven point five. I'm going to go. I'm going to give it the point five rating. I did enjoy it. Um, I, when it comes to Travis, if he comes back, he may just come back. But it really doesn't matter if he does or not for me. 
I mean, he's a character right now that can just go away because they've already shown his true colors. I think his storyline is is over. If they bring him back, there has to be a reason for it. Um, I did like the Callus and what was her name again? Agent Minister Tua. Yeah, Sorry, Tua. Minister. Minister. Not, no, Agent. Uh, I'd actually like to see more of the two of them working together. I thought you that... want to see more of the more more of the Tua them working together. <laughs> Thank no, you. Just, oh, oh God! Oh. I did, softball man hit it out of the park. Tom so, said it. I know. Softball out of the park. I'd like to see the two of them work a little bit together more. Um, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I am going to take my 7.5 Womp Rats. I am going to keep them in the sewer. I'm going to have them on the other side of that fan. Instead oh. of having the oh. fan blow, that fan's going to be sucking them toward oh. the fan. Oh, man. <laughs> That's awful. Twisted. I feel yeah. like my my... my... My eight womp rats are on the other side of the fan, just like watching them slowly come toward them. Yeah, it's not gonna be pretty when they make it to the other side. It's, it's not gonna be pretty, but but Austin, you took what I wanted to do with mine. Oh, I wanted Chopper sorry. to sit there, electrocute him, and push him over. Yeah, you people are terrible. What's wrong with you? <laughs> hey, can I add one more thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. please. That I I forgot to mention this in my rating about how it it kind of seems like it's building on stuff that can come out later. One thing that was interesting to me is we all kind of agreed that it was it became pretty obvious pretty quickly that Travis was not going to be, you know, on their side. And the only one who really believed it, I think, was Ezra, which, you know, you could say that mm-hmm. that represents kind of the two audiences we have. You know, the older audience is Hera and the younger audience is Ezra. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense. But I, I feel like they went along with this plan of Ezra's. He really wanted to go save this guy. He really wanted to get involved and he trusted his vision. Right. And his vision was wrong, though, and it Uh it got them in trouble and it almost got them killed. And this isn't really the first time that listening to Ezra has. I mean, it's always worked out, but barely. I mean, if we go back to the academy where he wants to stay and he wants Mm. to help Mm. out his friends there, I mean, that did put them in danger. And, And there's other examples, too. But I wonder if in the long run, these these times where they're very trusting of Ezra, even though I feel like they should know better. Like, I feel like they should have, they should have suspected Travis much more than they did. And they might have, but they want to trust Ezra. I I could see this blowing up in the future where something happens where they trust Ezra again. And this time it just really goes badly. And then somebody, I mean, it might be Sabine who, I mean, that would probably be the biggest blow to Ezra or maybe even Kanan gets, extremely upset upset at Ezra and Ezra runs off or something like that. I could see them building on this whole idea that they've been trusting of Ezra, but Ezra has, you know, he's, he's not been right and he keeps getting them in dangerous situations and thinking of what he wants instead of, you know, what the right thing to do is. Mm-hmm. So that's it. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. I, uh, I agree. Hmm. <coughs> Sorry. Well, thank you so much, Austin, for joining us. Um, actually, we do we do have our coming up on the podcast first uh, next week, season one, episode eleven, call to action. Um, looking forward to finding out more about this episode, and hopefully, we don't have a break because we've had a, breaks every other week. Um, yeah, it would be nice to actually just go straight through for once, but, but we won't know until until tomorrow. Um, well, yeah, or, or Monday tomorrow, actually, correct? Or, or Monday night. On Saturday, yeah. due to some thing happening on Sunday. Wait a minute, there's uh, something happening tomorrow. Oh yeah, yeah there's something happening tomorrow. That's why we're that's why <laughs> so, we're podcasting today, so I can have a voice. Anyway, uh, Austin, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it's great having you back on. It's been a while, but uh, we do love having you join us on the show. So oh, thank, thank you, you so I, much. It was a pleasure to be on. Yeah, thanks for coming on, Austin. Yeah, you're. You've been with us since the beginning, so uh, we'll always enjoy having you on. And um, a long time ago, you want to plug yeah. your awesome podcast? And uh, I was almost <laughs> going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> you you are the the host of the uh, Far Far Away Radio, and right. and that kind of stuff. You want to talk about your podcast a little bit and plug your Twitter account or anything? Sure. Um, you can find my podcast at farfarawayradio.com. Um, we're on Twitter and Facebook under just that name at Far Far Away Radio. Um, I'd say, you know, if you want to listen to it, our, our newest episode that's coming out focuses entirely on the prequels. 
Uh, we talked to Mike Climo, who wrote the Star Wars Ring Theory. Have you guys read that? No, I haven't yet. Can't say that I have yet. It's, no. a, it's an amazing, mind-blowing uh, essay uh, that he did, and he posted it online on the StarWarsRingTheory.com. I would go check it out. It, the subtitle is The Hidden Artistry of the Prequels, and it, it really goes into some very deep stuff that I had never caught before, and it's really fascinating. Mm-hmm. So we talked to him, and we talk about the prequels on our newest episode. I'm, I think that will be the newest one that's out once this episode of your podcast goes online. So uh, anyone who wants to listen to that, we'd love to have you uh, join us. Awesome. Sounds great. Mm-hmm. Thanks again. Yep. And uh, I think with that, we're, uh, we're going to wrap up this episode, and we will uh, talk to you guys next week, hopefully. Yep. Thanks, guys. Right. Thanks for listening. Thanks a lot.